This week, it's all about Season 15, Part 2 of Destiny 2, here on Gamer Loop Radio. Welcome back to Gamer Loop Radio, everyone. I'm your host, Verita, and today, myself and Jimmy, we are here with our evening beverages and our pals listening live within the Gamer Loop Network Discord to talk about Season 15, Part 2. Oh my god, so much. There's so much to talk about. If, in case those of you uh, are not aware, the last uh, podcast episode we did with myself, Jimmy, and the wonderful Oz uh, was two heckin' hours. Because <laughs> the, there's so much information. There's some thick, thick twabs, thick with three C's, guys. That's like, it's so much stuff. So we wanted to, on this eve of season 15, talk about the rest of what Bungie posted because there's more, in case you weren't aware of that. Um, so Bungie mentioned... Uh, about three weeks ago, there would be three pretty crucial TWAB updates. Uh, one about subclasses, one about armor, and then one about weapons. So what we covered uh, in the last episode was pretty much all of the Season 15 updates through the subclass update. Uh, and so now what we're going to cover first is the armor TWAB and the weapons TWAB. So let's get right into it. I'm excited. I'm super pumped. Heck yes. Yeah. So first things first uh, is the armor mods and uh, exotics TWAB. So quite a bit to discuss within this one. First and foremost, and Bungie tweeted this early because Bungie likes to do that, um, the champion mods for the season. So this, of course, caused the hubbub as it, as it was uh, on, on the tweeter and things like that. So... Right now, as it stands, we have anti-barrier auto rifle, unstoppable fusion rifle, that includes both uh, heavy and regular fusion rifle, overload bow, I'm so yeah. excited, I nearly just screamed when I, I think I did actually yell out loud in my office, overload bows, <laughs> ah, so I was just so, I, I, I love overload bow so much because I just never truly believed that overload hand cannon worked properly. Um, Unstoppable pulse rifle, nice to see that back, and unstoppable sidearm again. I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm a titan, and I'm not even that crazy. Where I'm gonna be like, oh look, an unstoppable ogre. Let me get my sidearm out. So it's I'm not. I don't know about that one. Um, there is one other mod that they did not mention. Um, I believe they alluded to it being a sword mod. But I don't know that that's going to be in the first column. I will be very shocked uh, if it is. I believe it is also going to be Overload. So I think that we'll probably do one more anti-barrier mod um, that they haven't announced yet. So that was the last thing that they mentioned as far as the mods are concerned. So the next, uh, next thing that they talked about, again, this mainly has to do with armor and mods that apply to your armor. So first and foremost... As someone who plays on both console and PC, I was very happy to see these. 
uh, they're making some changes to controller sensitivity and traction. So per the TWAB, uh, the traction mod felt mandatory for PVP on controller and unnecessary on mouse and keyboard. This felt to be more appropriate as an accessibility option rather than a balance choice. Players, including us, have also felt uh, that maximum 10 sensitivity wasn't enough on controller. So we're making some changes to bring controller input closer to parity with keyboard and mouse. Uh, so they've added a sprint turn speed scaler option, uh, values from 0.3 to 0.8, and removed the traction mod. Thank you, because I never used it. It cost me nothing, but it took up an entire slot, and I went, why do I need that? And I never we called used. it. We called it last on our last episode. We so. did. That is true. Um, added additional controller sensitivity options. 1 to 10 sensitivity is the same as before. 11 to 20 increases over that. And added an ADS sensitivity modifier values 0.5 to 1.5. I'm very excited about this for a couple different reasons. First of all... Um, I've always felt like sometimes the turn sensitivity is a little tough on controller. Um, oh, yes. There are times where my Titan feels very lithe and, and nimble, and then there are times where I feel like I'm trying to turn the Titanic on a dime. And so it's just not it's not quite the same. And personally, I think one of the things that I appreciate is about Bungie in terms of the console versus PC experiences. I like when they try to bring them closer together. Um, cause I can customize my sensitivity a lot more on PC than, than console. So these changes, uh, feel really nice in that way. It feels like a good middle ground. I am excited. I most, so I play on both keyboard and then I swap in my controller depending on the activity. Mostly PVP is on controller cause I just feel like I do better PVE stuff as mouse and keyboard, but now I'm going to be zooming, zooming in PVP. So zoom watch in. out. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, <laughs> so super regenerating exotics. This, all of the PvP tiers fed my soul as I read these, some of these changes. I do genuinely feel a little bad. Like, I can't, I'm not that malevolent. Like, I do, I know that some people have their whole build set around this stuff. I totally get it. Um, But I never felt like these were going to be to a point that they were just going to be, like, awful. So... The first set of changes coming in season 15 have to do with exotics that refund super energy. As a group, these exotics tend to out outshine other exotic choices, especially in high difficulty end game activities. In some cases, they can trivialize the content or make it feel like the only reasonable option to equip for your build. Most of our changes here aim to standardize how these exotics work and to place a cap on how much super uptime they can grant by themselves. To offset these changes, some of the perks were reworked to be more generous with their refund minimums, and there's also a new member to the family. So first and foremost, Hunters, Mahunters, Shards of Galanor, increase the amount of super granted for hits, but total super regain is now capped at 50%. Uh, Ursa Furiosa, I just recently used these in a GM, capped the amount of super energy you can regain once your super ends at 50%. Skull of Dire Ahamkara, Increase the amount of super refunded per kill, but total super gain is capped at 50%. Phoenix Protocol, uh, cap the amount of super energy you can regain once your super ends at 50%. Storm Dancer's Brace now also refunds up to 50% of your super energy after your super ends, based on the number of kills. Now, here is the thing that I feel like they chucked this in there to make people freak out, but it's really not that bad. Uh, for Geomag Stabilizers, re removed 
sprint to top off your super. This part of the perk led to a higher uptime in PvP than was healthy and gave Attunement of Control Warlocks an immediately renewable supply of super energy for paying for mod costs like Special Finisher and PvE. First of all, I never would have even thought in my wildest dreams to use that with Special Finisher because the only time I run Special Finisher when I run Deepstone Crypt because usually I am on the side of the boss fight with the person who's running Divinity. So I use Special Finisher to generate special ammo for that person. I never would have even thought to do it, run around, get my super back, do it, run around, get my super. Like there's not that much time. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I'm not, I, it's just a very interesting thing that people had figured out to do that. I'm always very like, wow, I today I learned. Um, but overall, I mean, I don't feel... I don't feel like any of these changes are bad. As someone who uses Ursas uh, and Geomags, even just using Ursas and GMs, if you're like stacking Ursas with another person, while you can't pick up your own orbs, you can pick up theirs. So I, I feel like it's not going to be terrible. Um, I think I only, you know, depend if I'm like in there alone running Ursas, I think I only ever got like three quarters of my super back anyway. But overall, I don't I don't hate any of these changes. These these feel balanced. They feel good. I don't I don't think they're gonna be a problem. Um I think people freaked out saying that you're being capped. Um, but really you're instead of I don't know, I'm just gonna throw out a wild number. Instead of getting you super back in like thirty seconds, you're gonna get it in forty five. Like mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. Fine. It the right. differences are negligible and, and truth be told, like the number of times where like I've just been standing in an area and like we're or like we're in a GM or something and I'm just running in a circle to get my super back. Like it just it I don't need to do it. It's it's kind of unnecessary. So I'm glad that they that they're changing that. That those are all pretty good. I'm actually really excited about the shards of Galanor change because I made a build. Uh it's very crude. Um and I never actually knew how effective it was because I never knew how much it was supposed to give back to me. But now that I know, like, okay, it's going to max out at half my super bar, I can determine, like, okay, is there enough into this or can I change this a little bit? So that that one's that one feels good. All right. Retunes and reworks. The next batch of changes is focused on injecting some more power and excitement into some less popular choices. There are a few new exotics that missed the boat this time that need some extra special attention, like a certain pair of hunter boots better mean Orpheus rigs, Bungie, uh, and a lot more that could benefit from a nudge or two. I got a, uh, that's like on a personal note, I got a really nice pair of Orpheus rigs the other day. And then I remembered that they kind of made a change to make them not worth running. And I'm like, kind of hope that changes. Uh, all right. Bombardiers, also known as bongo pants. And I said this before <laughs> and I will say it forever that the little bomb holder things that you have on your hip on that exotic look like bongos and you will never convince me otherwise they will forever be bongo pants 100 percent. i i agree they, <laughs> they do look like bongos <laughs> uh, oz gets so mad i'm like bongo pants she's like they're not bongos i'm like they are uh so let's see the the bomb now has a secondary effect based on your subclass type blind for arc burn for solar slow for stasis and suppress for void Note the suppression will not affect a guardian in a super. Good good thing to know. Uh, Graviton forfeit. 
increase the bonus invisibility duration. Uh, the melee regeneration speed now increases based on the number of enemies near you. While you are invisible, your recovery is greatly increased and your weapons reload more quickly. That's a good one. Lucky Pants. Added intrinsic hand cannon holster mod. Replaced previously, I'm sorry, replaced previous functionality with the following. When you ready a fully loaded hand cannon that deals kinetic damage or damage matching your subclass energy type, for a short time each hit against a combatant from that hand cannon increases the damage of the next shot. Note, no, Hawkmoon won't be able to one-shot a raid boss using these legs. Other hand cannons will get a fun edge in combat, though. Um, and I believe Damage tweeted that this is just a PvE thing and not a PvP thing. I will have to double-check that. But I remember that being a question after this got published. Yeah, because that you can easily start stacking damage if you're able to pull that off consistently in PvP. Exactly. All right, Titans. There was nothing here particularly that I was like, ooh, wow. So <laughs> this is what they've got going on. Uh, Precious Scars will now also create a burst of healing and bonus recovery around you whenever you kill an enemy with a weapon whose damage type matches your subclass type. And Icefall Mantle removed the slower class ability recharge scaler. I don't use these at all. Um, not to say that I never will, but they are just not in my active repertoire as a Titan. Um, Icefall Mantle, I think, was probably the only one that I tried to make a build for. And really, you just need kind of high resilience for that. Um, but then when I realized you can't sprint when you pop your overshield, I'm like, well, this just... I feel silly. So <laughs> I think they're good changes because again, like I don't think a lot of people use them. Precious scars could be a really great thing. If you're running to kind of chuck heels at people, I think that'd be great. Um, but all, all, all told, I think I, hopefully it makes the, the exotics a little bit more valuable. All right. Warlocks Verity's brow changed to trigger when you get a weapon kill that matches your subclass energy type this is going to take some testing because i use verities with my stasis turret build but now that it's set to trigger when you get a weapon kill that matches your subclass energy type i'm not sure how that's going to work unless i have a stasis weapon so and stasis from what i understand and that'll come up in the next TWAB that we that we cover here in a few minutes um the stasis weapons are going in your primary slot so yeah I'm gonna have to mess around with that once we get in there tomorrow and see how to make that proc uh because I, I I love using it I love my stasis turret build but I'm just I want to see how that one works um and then another benefit of that increased grenade damage bonus to 20 percent per stack up from 10%. So that's really awesome. So now I, I would assume that the turret will do a touch more damage. Uh, the stag grants damage reduction to allied guardians standing in your rifts. 25% against combatants, 15% against players. Promethium Spur has additional functionality. While standing in a rift, solar weapon kills give you class ability energy. When your class ability energy is full, Solar weapon kills consume that energy and spawn a combination healing slash empowering rift at the target's location. 
So it's it's almost like Phoenix Cradle Legs, where if you wear them and you can run through sunspots and the sunspots give you back health and ability, it, it's kind of like that, but for warlocks. It's kind of neat. It's kind of neat. I, I, I forgot to mention something earlier on the hunters. I am really excited about the bongos. Oh, uh, yes. I Lethal can already bongos. see multiple. So I tried doing a build uh, a while back using the bongos with some, uh, I think, the um, oh, what is the uh, poison hand cannon? Uh, it's not poison. Uh, thorn? Thorn, yes, with thorn. And that was a lot of fun. Ooh. And I can already see maybe doing one with an arch subclass, like blinding effect. I think that's going to be pretty cool. Oh, could you imagine with like Risk Runner? <laughs> just, oh dear lord! Just running around, you're blind. You're shocked. You're <laughs> blind. You're shocked. Oh, that. Okay. Well, I guess I know what I'm gonna try next <laughs> for that. <laughs> um, so a couple other notes from them here. Keep your eyes open for other changes to come in the wake of these as well. Our goal for the next few seasons, especially following the launch of Witch Queen is to increase the variety of fun and powerful choices for uh, choices available to players in PvE and PvP alike. Heck, yeah. Sounds like a plan, Bungie. Okay, now into a bit more of the technical stuff. So this is all about mods. Um, so Bungie is rolling out some changes to mods that affect the ammo economy, and we'll get to why this is a big deal in the next TWAB, although I think most of you read this, but it's worth mentioning. Uh, running double ammo scavenger mods makes it too easy to have 100% uptime with special weapons in both PvP and PvE. In PvP specifically, we believe this is an important factor in how oppressive certain special weapons feel. Reducing their effectiveness is a step towards addressing this. We're prepared to revisit this depending on how it plays when it's out in the wild. We're also looking to improve ammo finder to make it a bit easier to earn special and heavy ammo in PvE while introducing a new type of leg armor mod that reloads stowed weapons. So ammo finder, now you will have an increased chance to spawn ammo on kills with primary weapons and a further increased chance with exotic primaries. I like that. Scavenger, uh, multiple copies of scavenger mods of the same type no longer stack. So holster, this is the new one. This is a new type of leg armor mod that will gradually reload stowed weapons of the matching type over time. Multiple copies of the holster mod of the same type will increase the rate ammo is reloaded. So the following weapon types will have holster mods. Auto rifle, fusion rifle, grenade launcher, uh, specifically power grenade launchers, hand cannon, linear fusion, ri fusion rifle, machine guns, pulse rifle, scout rifle, shotgun, sidearm, submachine gun, sniper rifle, and trace rifle. Hand cannon excludes Ariana's vow. Rocket launchers and breech-loaded grenade launchers and bows will not have holster mods as we didn't want to affect any weapon that has a magazine size of one. At first, I did not completely understand the purpose of this change, but then, and I'll just go ahead and preface this before we get into it with the next swab, primary ammo is now unlimited. It is intrinsic. It is not something you have to pick up off the ground anymore starting tomorrow, season 15. Um, which I think is a wonderful quality of life change, but now you have to really kind of think about the mods that you're putting on your armor in terms of your, your ammo economy, because if you're always going to have one, but you still need the other two, this is going to be good. I definitely agree that the ammo economy, when you stack those mods, is a little 
ridiculous, even if you have. So like I, I ran a fair few GMs this weekend and more often than not, I ran out of primary ammo. Um, but I very rarely ran out of special and heavy. So I, I think that these are, these are good changes for the mods overall. So I guess I'm a little confused then. So for ammo finder, it's only applies to special and heavy. So it will only end up applying to special and heavy, right? Okay. Because yeah. So any primary primary weapon kills will still grant you special or heavy. Right. So it's okay. an increased chance to spawn the ammo when you're using your primary weapon and a further increased chance if you're using an exotic primary. So if I'm just using like hung jury, it it will, you know, it will appropriately spawn based on the ammo finder I've got on. If I'm using something like Wish Ender, um, then I have a better chance of that ammo dropping, but it would only ever be special or heavy. Makes sense. Mm. Oh, this, I know this next part made some folks sad. I, I know a few people who have really nice builds related to these mods, and these are Warmind cells. Uh, so Bungie's note, and I, I have to agree, to be blunt, these are currently too powerful. That's, that's very true. Um, this isn't a surprise. Even at their introduction, we knew they were very strong. That was the point. At the time they were created, the they were only expected to last for about a year, so we could push the envelope on something cool and flavorful, knowing that they wouldn't be around breaking things forever with the force of Rasputin's explosive wrath. Uh, they would have time to shine, but eventually leave and make room for the next exciting thing. Now that they are able to remain viable in endgame content indefinitely, we feel it's necessary to bring them down, to be more in line with what the rest of the sandbox is capable of. If we didn't, it would cause ongoing problems for activity design and weapon, weapon rewards. Um, personally, I don't think that this is a bad change, and I think that Bungie needed to do this eventually as a response to their unsunsetting of the sunsetting process. <laughs> if if these weapons, if the weapons that generated Warmind cells had gone away, then it wouldn't have mattered. But the fact that they reversed course and then introduced more of those weapons into the economy for the loot it makes sense that they make these changes again i don't think that these feel completely inviable right and i i say this a lot and i will say it again changes on paper always look worse than changes in game usually are i'd say 85 to 90 percent of the time a big number on here equates to not a whole lot of impact in the game when it comes to nerfs specifically. Um, I do think that a Warmind Cell build is still going to be viable, but I think you're just going to have to be very strategic in how you use it. Um, so the changes to base Warmind Cells are uh, mostly reduction of radius and explosion effects and reduction of damage. Um, so specifically, this is impacting global reach, uh, cellular suppression, and Wrath of Rasputin. So a couple other things to note. Global reach will now cost three to insert the mod rather than just one. Um, and then again, it's just a reduction of the overall effect and damage for those couple of mods. I am a little sad, but I agree. I think it, it was time for these mods to change. Um, I, I can tell you a few examples just blowing up a, a mod and I somehow killed the drag that was on the other side of the wall. You know, it, that sounded a little too powerful. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or suppressing enemies that were 
for example, I think it was in the, um, oh gosh, I'm blanking on rate names, but the, uh, DSC. Yes. DSC. And the first encounter, if you had suppression, um, mine cells they would basically uh, suppress the dregs that are in the bottom floor if you were on the top yeah they also would trigger the damage phase for atrax too early and we'd wipe and i don't miss that i'm not gonna miss that at all <laughs> so because people would shoot them and they'd explode on the wrong one and it's bad um again though i don't i don't feel like it's gonna be inviable right i think that it's just going to be one of those situations where you're not going to be able to go crazy solo in a dungeon and just shoot all your war mind cells and clear the, I think you're just going to have to be smarter about how you use it, but I do still think it'll be powerful. What if they were to add like how quickly they generate instead of every five kills with this? Well, you just taught me something cause I didn't know that that was a thing. And I always wondered why the hell isn't a war mind cell? <laughs> Getting generated yeah, every by five kills weapon. you get. <laughs> <laughs> Today I learned. See, see, chat. I don't know everything about Destiny. I never claimed to know everything, but I you learn something new every day, you know. And now I understand why I'm like this build is trash. It's not working. It's because I didn't kill enough <laughs> things. Continue. And there's ways to trick it so you can shoot it with something and then swap to another weapon and then it still counts. Well, there you go. So. I think people will find ways around it, but I do, I do agree. Maybe it's, it's a reduction in, or an increase in the number of kills or rather to, uh, I would think, yeah, no, a reduction to compensate for, for the damage reduction maybe, but yeah, we'll have to see how that one plays. Um, so the next one is elemental wells, and I know that you played around with these a little bit. So two elemental well mods are getting improvements in order to make them more com a more competitive choice when compared to other combat style mods. Uh, elemental armaments now have an increased chance to spawn an elemental well based on the tier of the enemy defeated. And font of might uh, base duration has been increased to 10 seconds and increased the damage bonus provided from 10 to 25%. Uh, I like it. I think that I tried to make an elemental well build. It, it went pretty well. Um, you know, I, it, they're really neat. I liked that they were added. I, I'm looking forward to kind of playing around with those this season two. I think someone mentioned in, in the chat or in the Discord that if we didn't have to run after the wells as much, because sometimes you'll you'll have a bunch of wells near a boss and you'll just oh, get yeah. stomped. <laughs> right um I, I choose life i'm not going over there forget my buffs i, I would have liked maybe uh like a like a little ghosty thing that kind of goes to you after you you drop it or maybe um maybe a mod that with, if it. you're yeah if you're within a certain radius they just sort of gravitate to you something like that yeah or or just you know, whatever radius you are, it just counts for it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That, I think that would be useful. I agree. I, I think, yeah, and that is something that maybe as people use it more um, that we end up seeing. I think that'd be a great, nice nice change for those, for sure. And it, did they introduce, because they introduced Elemental Wells two seasons ago, right? And they uh, added more, yeah. didn't they add more elemental type uh, mods this season? So they might keep introducing more 
unless they introduce a new type of mods, which is very possible. I don't think they've mentioned it, but yeah, they haven't mentioned it yet. But that's definitely it's definitely possible, especially with Witch Queen. Anything could be anything could be possible there. All right. So the next update from this TWAB um, is all about Iron Banner. So next season, two new weapons will make their appearance. The Forge's Pledge Pulse Rifle and the Peace Bond Sidearm, each available through vendor packages, bounties, match rewards, and the seasonal Iron Banner quest. Uh, but and that's we're not... finally getting armor! We're getting new armor, you guys! Oh my god, it's gonna be so good. I think it's pretty fresh. I like it. Um, I would... I initially was... So... I was not quite sold on the look of it and the theme because I'm like, this is an interesting choice. But now I kind of understand and I have a feeling it's going to fit in with the theme of of the coming seasons, but it's got a very uh, Titan-esque, the planet Titan uh, feel to it. Very, uh, very forgotten seas as they, as they mentioned. I hunters get their own built-in face shield. Um <laughs> but I like it. I like it a lot. Um I it's a nice change to the armor that we've had for a while. So and it is also uh so this is gonna be called the Iron Forerunner set. So starting next season, we'll be introducing the Iron Lord's Pride intrinsic perk through this set. Wearing a piece of this armor grants a small chance of an enhancement prism dropping at the end of an Iron Banner match. I like that it's the end of a match and not a one match because Lord knows that the likelihood of that is pretty low for yours truly. Um, each additional piece worn increases the chance capping out at four pieces total, which again feels very smart because if you're running an exotic with your PvP build, you don't have to be wearing five pieces of the armor to make it work. Uh, so I like that. I am, I am a big proponent of of that change iron banner i'm hoping gets some love and some help because i i miss playing iron banner and not being wildly fr frustrated about it <laughs> so we'll have to see how it goes but yay new armor so good i will be interesting to see how the two new guns i like that they're introducing new guns each season now me um, too before they were just bringing back old guns now they're at the point where they're bringing there's brand new, brand new ones. Right, I agree. I think it. I think it's pretty good. So there are some. Um, that was really it for that particular TWAB. Um, so now we move on to the final TWAB uh, prior to the launch of season fifteen, and that's going to be all about weapons. And this one in particular made me very, very happy. Uh, so we will go ahead and jump right into wonderful, wonderful weapon tuning. So they kind of got, again, I like when they get technical and help us understand um, the terminology that they use in terms of uh, like just description of perks and things. So some of the recent info on weapons Bungie has put out has been confusing. And while they generally like to use their own internal terms for concepts where possible, in some cases, those require too much explanation to use them externally. So they provided some uh, explanations of some terminology. So the term fall off, uh, internally we use uh, fall off min and fall off max to meet the start 
and end, but moving forward, we'll use these externally using damage as an example, but the same logic applies. Damage fall off start is the distance at which damage fall off begins or stops doing maximum damage. Damage fall off end, the distance at which damage fall off ends or hits the damage floor. So that makes sense. Um, I actually, when I think about damage fall off, I think about the graphic in the UI that Division 2 uses on weapons to show where the damage fall off is in terms of like range and stuff like that. So that helps me understand that. But I like that they clarified that. Um, and then they had a note regarding projectiles. Uh, so they've used a various number of terms to describe these different projectiles externally. Um, but ultimately what they've settled on is this. So you have hit scan projectiles. So a projectile that instantly hits. This applies to most weapons in the game. So auto rifles, hand cannons, fusion rifles, fully drawn bows. Uh, Non-hit scan, a projectile with travel time, sometimes having physics bounces and often having explosive damage and or homing. So rocket launchers, grenade launchers, partially drawn bows, and Jotun. And I love that they called Jotun out specifically. Like, yes, this thing, this thing that you hate. <laughs> is a non-hit scan projectile, in case you were curious. So, uh, and they also took some time to explain the spread angle and <laughs> how many pellets are in a shotgun shot. Because apparently this is, I did not know this. Apparently this is something people were asking. Um, so the shotgun spread angle is the cone that the pellets come out in, not to be confused with one of the other types of cones. Uh, Destiny 2 shotguns don't have pure RNG for pellet distribution, though yes, it sure, sure feels like it sometimes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, it does. <laughs> it's, oh god, it does. Um, a shotgun shot contains 12 pellets spread out across three rings as follows. So in the center is one pellet right in the middle. The inner ring is four wedges with one pellet each. The outer ring is seven wedges with one pellet each. So aside from the center, which is in a fixed location, each pellet is only randomized inside a defined wedge angle and inner and outer radius. I actually drew this out at one point just to kind of try to visualize it. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. That's pretty good. So I just, I like when they get technical like that. I think it's really neat. Okay, so global changes here we go here's the, the good stuff season 15 introduces legendary stasis weapons and we've seen some concern about how these are intended to work particularly in pvp so here are some details stasis power weapons are in the power slot but all other stasis weapons are in the kinetic slot this is to avoid overcrowding the energy slot and so that it's reasonable to use one in match game content the kinetic slot will not be renamed at this time. Which tells me <laughs> that potentially it will be renamed to something closer to the darkness type subclasses. Ooh, oh, I'm so excited. Um, oh, God. So, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, have some. Yes, please. Uh <laughs> Um, stasis weapons do not intrinsically do anything differently from weapons of other damage types, but they are the only weapons that can roll with stasis perks. So there will be specific perks to stasis weapons, which feels appropriate, but is also really freaking cool. Um, 
We generally intend stasis perks with slowing or freezing effects to have a kill trigger, this being easy enough to trigger in PvE and fun to use but not obnoxious to play against in PvP. See, and here I am thinking like, I'm going to shoot this stasis linear fusion rifle, freeze them, run around a corner and like trigger it to blow and like hit three people. I don't know what it's going to look like, but that's, I like that. That's pretty cool. So these, the, the, the stasis are not getting that 50, I don't know if it's 15% buff that kinetic weapons get or 10%. So they're not getting that basically. I don't know that they specified that they're not getting it. I don't think they specifically said they're not. Don't know. It's yeah, uh, my uh, my instinct I'll is saying no. Yeah, might have to ask DMG about it. Uh no. Okay, all right. So the next one. Now that we've addressed the addressed quick draws permanent plus one hundred handling buff, we see more people using the quick swap glitch. The glitch uses combinations of inputs to animation cancel, allowing near instant weapon swaps. We want the handling stat to continue to have value on weapons and don't want, for example, aggressive shotguns to lose their key downside slow swaps due to an unintentional side effect of the animation system. So the, the quick swap glitch has been fixed. I Good, because I never figured it out. I never figured it out and I never cared to use it because I never felt like I needed it. Like I was yeah. doing plenty of damage just naturally switching between things like shotguns without needing a quick swap glitch. I don't. I meh <laughs> is the general feeling I have about that. <laughs> like I I don't know. And the the thing that I find really interesting is that people are complaining that this changes the skill gap. And I don't agree with that because it's not meant to be there in the first place, you know? I so I don't know. That's it's going to be interesting to see how people adapt to that, but we will see how it goes. So they're gonna find something else. I promise you. Oh, exactly, exactly. What will I do when I can't switch between my shotgun and my hand cannon and my rocket launcher instantaneously while also changing three pieces of my armor? Oh no! <laughs> That's how I feel. Um, okay. So the next part: running out of primary ammo has never been tactically interesting. That's true. <laughs> running out in hard PVE content, or because you were on a Terran PVP was a weird and sometimes frustrating experience that we would like to not subject anyone to in the future. That is also true. Thanks, Bungie, because that's what happened to me all weekend long. All primary ammo weapons now have infinite ammo. Hot dog. Inertia override has been adjusted to account for there being no primary bricks. So in the first TWAB, uh, middle tree arc uh, for your Titan, so Thunder Crash has Inertia Override as a perk. So this perk's now uh, adjusted to accommodate for the fact that there are no more primary bricks on the ground. It's just going to be if you slide over special or heavy ammo that the, the perk will proc. Uh, drop mags downside of reducing reserve ammo is now almost meaningless. So it's reworked to be plus reload speed minus magazine size. Compact arrow shafts upside of increasing reserve ammo, likewise, re reworked to be plus reload and plus handling, uh, which is good because I never kept anything with drop mag on it ever. Um, updated some other perks that refer to reserves in a way that's no longer accurate. 
Uh, see notes on Fighting Lion and Sweet Business in the exotic section below. Target farming trials weapons is much more efficient in Season 15, and we have some cool new perks for players to play with, uh, players to play with that we wanted to put on trials weapons. All trials weapons available in Season 15 now have seven perks in each column, uh, and it was previously five, so that was kind of thrown in with the primary ammo uh, update. But that's kind of nice. Uh, I might maybe try to play more trials now. We'll see. I don't know. Jury's still out on that. Since I'll be zooming, of course I'll be playing more trials. <laughs> Where's Jimmy? Meow. Where'd he go? Meow. Oh, he's over there. Crash. <laughs> Bongos. <laughs> um, <laughs> because you never know. Um. Personally, I think that this is a wonderful quality of life change. I, Like I said, I ran a fair few GMs over the weekend, and running out of primary ammo is such a frustrating thing because there are times when I don't need my grenade launcher, and I don't need my anarchy or my rocket launcher. I need my scout rifle. And so, you know, I what I am curious to see, um, and I saw a handful of people mention this, you know, on the, on the Twitter after this came out, I'm very curious to see how this impacts the mercy ammo economy in GMs because, so for those of you who don't know, if you're running a GM, uh, Grandmaster Nightfall, and you run out of ammo completely, uh, after a certain point, you get kind of a mercy reserve of ammo that populates for you. Um, I'm, I'm very curious to see how this impacts that because before it was like, you know, everything, but if you have infinite primary ammo, will it give you back your special and your heavy or will are you just out of luck until you find more very very curious about that yeah i didn't think about that i, f I forgot that you get a mercy on 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 ammo i run out of ammo a lot <laughs> so, <laughs> so i'm like please please while i hide in this corner please give me back my things all right, uh, so a few more notes uh, from them on this. So when max power levels on weapons launched and we reissued several weapons, we saw how frustrated players were at having to regrind their favorite roles since the perk pool had not changed. Based on that, our reissue guidelines from season 13 onwards were to replace most of the perks. Turns out that that was an overcorrection and that certain perks in the original pools had become part of the identity of the, of the weapon. The love and death, <coughs> full court. <coughs> uh, moving forward, the guidelines for reissues will be to remove the least useful two to three perks and add two to three newer perks that give the weapons some new options and may result in an entirely new top tier roll without removing the old one. Uh, we've so I I like this and I remember them reaching out about this online, like oh if you wanted to add a perk back to a weapon, what what would it be? Love and death. Full court, spike grenades, give me back my god roll. <laughs> that thing was great. It just, it before we all had anarchy, that's what we all used. It was yeah, such I remember. A, such a good grenade launcher from the moon. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that we see that again. But I like the approach of being like, okay, these perks aren't great. Here's some new stuff. Try this now. See how this goes. I like, I like that again. A really nice change there. Okay, uh, we've also made some adjust small adjustments to the weapons reissued in the 3.2.1 update to remove the, or I'm sorry, to move these in the direction of the new reissue guidelines. And if you are wondering why our community managers were asking for everyone's favorite roles, now you know why. 
added one or two of the original perks to each column for the Luna weapons, so weapons from the moon, uh, reissued uh, in 3.2.1, uh, specifically the Lectern weapons. Since these can be target farmed, we are okay with increasing the size of the perk pools in this case, um, because all you have to do is pick up essence of insert really painful sounding thing here uh, for the weapon that you want, and, and you farm the Lectern weapons for the ones on the moon. Added one of the original perks to one or both columns for the Dreaming City weapons reissued in 3.2.1, so specifically Tiger Spite, Twilight Oath, and Abide the Return. Since these can't be target farmed yet, they did put in parentheses yet, we didn't want to increase the size of the pools by more than one. That statement leads me to believe that we're going to get some more Dreaming City time. I'm really kind of hoping. Really kinda especially because mm -hmm. we are no, we know that uh oh why why am i blanking names now is he uh, mara no the 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 the, 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 the um, you're talking about mara mara is coming back my queen yes, yes. <laughs> very, very excited <laughs> this is gonna be so good i actually just ran shattered throne again last night with some friends to get the rest of the eggs and bones that i needed because i still hadn't finished that yet so I, I've yet to do that. <laughs> I have I have them all now. I'm like, you guys want to maybe run Shattered Throne? They're like, why? I'm like, eggs and bones. They're like, yeah, all right. So we we did that. They actually didn't care that much. They we like Shattered Throne. Okay. So now some changes to archetypes. Uh it is worth noting here that exotics the that receive these changes. Uh, I'm sorry, exotics receive the following changes as written unless otherwise mentioned in the exotic section below. So just something to think about as we're talking through these updates. So first and foremost, breach grenade launchers. Uh, breach grenade launchers are increasing as a pain point in PvP, and with the shotgun nerf, we're seeing a small increase in usage. I am 100% contributing to that usage. I'm not sorry about it. Uh, <laughs> this change aims to reduce the ease of getting big splash damage for priming or cleaning up targets. Uh, we'll watch how these changes uh, go and make further adjustments in a future update if needed. Note that we're fine with how they perform in PvE, so we have compensated there. So they have reduced the blast radius by 0.4 meters, uh, so the max blast radius is decreased by 0.4. Uh, the minimum blast radius is decreased from 3.8 to 3.4. Splash damage has been uh, reduced by 20, which reduces the total damage for a direct hit from 220 to 200 uh, before taking spike or proximity grenades into account. Increased damage in PvE by 12%. Because of the above splash damage change, this results in a small overall buff to combined damage. Wither Horde is unaffected! Yeah, yeah baby! More Ooh, reasons to yeah. rock it! Love Wither Horde. It's uh, so beautiful. Be these are small changes, right? The the range blast radius is small. I wonder if it's because uh, it's easy for folks to get blasted around a corner. Uh, I can confirm that yes, it is and, easy. <laughs> <laughs> mm. And I, I guess the with it changing down the damage now, it's not really a one hit right kill. I can't right, so. I can't bank a shot around a corner and detonate it near someone and have it kill them anymore. Like it'll it'll yeah. take some take some off of them, but it won't it won't kill them. I have one hundred percent done that before. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, I need three matches for a pinnacle. 
okay, salvage your salvo. Here's my SMG. Get out my... I bring anarchy into PvP and people are like, what? And then like barricade a whole door and like a bunch of people just run through it. I'm like, <laughs> good job. Um, oh my God. They're like, what? <laughs> Surprise. Um, <laughs> while machine gun usage is surprisingly high, we felt that they weren't fulfilling their intended role in high difficulty content, uh, ammo efficient, ad clear, and secondary single target sustained damage. So increased damage in PVE by 20%. I'm quite pleased about this because I have a lot of really nice machine guns and I just haven't needed to use them because I've had other stuff, you know, that I've been using. So this is going to be nice because um, I have I have quite a few nice rolls of, of machine guns that I have not have not touched. So thank the Thunder Lord. Oh, the Thunder Lord. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to be rocking that gun more. The <laughs> <laughs> Thunder Lord. I, uh rip my hammerhead and i love that gun miss it so much i killed so many things with the lmg i don't want the forges back i don't i could mm -mm, don't give me those just give me back my <laughs> my lmg but no i actually have a really nice uh adept swarm i have a few others uh that i'm pretty pleased about so that'll be great uh another really great buff scout rifles and hand cannons have felt weaker than we'd like in hard pve content for a while can confirm this is true increased damage versus miners by 15%. So I like this because I always, again, mainly in GMs, I felt like it took way too many shots to take down like Five a red enemy. Yeah. Like how? Even if I hit him in the head, I'm like, what? hello? <laughs> Why is this happening? So I, I like that change. They they needed a buff. I use scout rifles all the time. Um, I love my trusty. So I'm I'm pretty excited about that one too. That's a, That's a good one. Okay, so the next one is all about fusion rifles. So Bungie had talked a little bit about the fact that they were buffing fusion rifles quite uh, coming into season 15. There is a, a global buff, but these are going to get a little bit technical. So hang on to your hats. So we're going to get into these. Uh, fusion rifles have benefited indirectly from the mid-season 14 shotgun nerf, but fusion rifle subfamilies weren't as different from each other as we wanted and weren't all useful in a variety of content. So we looked at all of the options we had for diversifying them and ended with some substantial changes. This isn't intended to be a global buff to fusion rifles, uh, but we expect some of these to be better counters to other weapons than they were previously. Note that we also evaluated some other options, which are worth a bit of discussion. Given the projectile's travel time, uh, we did like the idea of this behavior in D1, but on investigation found that there are networking issues of firing rapid bursts of non-hitscan projectiles, and they didn't play as well as we wanted them to, so they may look at this option again in the future. Uh, and then burst rate of fire. This would have meant touching design data for audio for every fusion rifle we've ever shipped, well beyond the scope of what we wanted for this change, and also not that interesting change. Okay, so that's good. So... They have increased PvE damage bonus uh, such that all subfamilies have a 15% PVE bonus. Previously, high impact was zero, precision and adaptive were 10%, and rapid fire was 12.5. Uh, and they have pushed the subfamilies further apart, adjusting charge time, shots fired per burst. Uh, it was seven for all subfamilies previously, and damage. Note that the base below means without battery perks, uh, a charge time masterwork, or the adept charge time mod. So... We have, so there are three families of fusion rifles. You have high impact, you have precision and adaptive, 
and you have rapid fire. So high impacts charge slower and while still strong require more planning to use effectively. So thinking about it like charging kind of a sniper rifle. Um, and there are some some details around, you know, what they've what they've done to kind of increase those. So they've changed the base charge time to one full second shots per burst reduced from seven to five, uh, reduced total damage per burst. Uh, so there's a lot of that information there. Precisions and adaptives are close to unchanged. Uh, base ch charge time is unchanged. Shots per burst uh, is unchanged at seven. Very slightly increased total damage per burst. Uh, in playtesting, we feel that these are very effective all around without stepping on the niches of high impacts and rapid fires. Um, so again, uh, I think plug one was the uh, fusion rifle for nightfalls for GMs. Uh, and I, I really like using it, so this is going to be nice. I really kind of hope that this these shine through quite a bit. So uh, what's the difference between a precision and an adaptive now? Are they really the same? Precision and adaptive are pretty much the same. Yeah. Then they, they should probably just get rid of. Yeah, they. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was well, and I. It's funny because after I read this, I actually went into the game and I'm looking through my inventory. I'm like, I don't know what the difference is between these things, and there's only like one, that's a high impact fusion rifle. Now I'm assuming that we're going to get more, which is partially why they made these changes, right? Because like typically, you don't go through this detail of you know this much detail in a in a change without kind of having a handful of them that are like this. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't really know how it's going to play, but it sounds like it's going to be pretty good. The rapid fire one was uh, the most interesting to me. So they rapid fires charge faster, allowing them to be used reactively against charging enemies or aggressively when pushing forward. So it's basically a shotgun now. Yes. The counter to uh, shotguns. Pretty much. Base charge time decreased from 0.54 seconds to 0.46. Shots per burst increased from 7 to 9. Increased total damage per burst. Um, <laughs> in play in playtesting, we found that these are very aggressive against shotgun rushers. No way. <laughs> Never would have guessed. Um, so, again, these are with the increased shots per burst, uh, more reliant on stability but with the increased damage, they're less reliant on range, which again, falls in line very closely with how a shotgun would feel. So those make sense. Uh, let's see, parts of this work required adjusting several several fusion rifle perks and one mod. Uh, so backup plans implementation was incompatible with the fusion rifle changes, and we felt like the perk could use a rework anyway. So uh, removed plus 100 to charge time stat, adjusted tar charge time multiplier from 0.85 to 0.7, now scales damage by 0.8. Liquid coils and accelerated coils needed a rework for similar reasons. So they both converted to scale charge time and damage instead of modifying the charge time stat. Uh, and the adept charge time mod felt pointless. I, okay. <laughs> and we felt like it would still be balanced against other mods if it didn't reduce damage. So changed functionality to scale charge time directly instead of changing the charge time stat without adjusting the damage. So that's good. Um, and then they made some notes regarding the charge time masterwork, which again, these are getting very technical, which I find very uh, intriguing. A fusion rifle's damage is determined by its charge time stat, similar to how most others, uh, most other weapons damage is determined by their uh, rate of fire stat. 
Masterworks can only increase the weapon stats for performance reasons, so it's not possible to change how charge time maps onto damage without big changes to how the charge time stat works. We investigated doing this by making the masterwork a perk, but this would cause fusion rifles to exceed the perk budget, resulting in, <laughs> these. this is capitalized, bad things happening, <laughs> as mentioned <laughs> in the prior 12. Uh, I'm going to start using that now. I'm going to abbreviate it at work one day. What's BTH? Bad things happening. Bad things. Um, with the fusion rifle re rework, we feel that this masterwork is more viable. It is now It now ra rarely reduces bolts to kill, so may so it may feel not like a downgrade in the same way as before. Uh, they have adjusted the stat order so it matches other weapons. Uh, and so this is a big change to fusions, including exotics, so we'll be watching for any issues. I have a feeling I'm going to get killed with Jotun a lot more now um, <laughs> than I did before. But I'm from a PvE standpoint, like I said, I'm, I'm really excited about this because I feel like fusion rifles get a bad rap because they require a little bit more patience and planning and how you use them. But with the changes to each of the, the classes for them, uh, I feel like this is going to be a lot of fun to mess around with this season and going forward. Fuse was saying that you are going to be rocking the Jotun. How, how dare such blasphemy. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> Maybe a little. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, so now, now we get to the exotic section and they, they started this section with anarchy because there is a nerf to anarchy coming. It is not that bad. It is not going to be that bad. I, I, I really don't think it's going to be as bad as everybody thought it was going to be there. You know, like, so this is what they're changing. Uh, so a little bit of flavor text on this, the the anarchy exotic grenade launcher has been dominant for years now. We're ignoring the season with sweet grenade launcher artifact mods, of course. Uh, being near mandatory for certain raid bosses combined with double slug shotguns, whatever, Bungie, you don't know me, <laughs> as well as excelling <laughs> as a solo weapon for ad clears in some encounters. We like that it's a great choice for hard solo content and trapping enemy spawns and choke points, but don't want it to remain part of a dominant tactic for boss damage and particularly don't want it to be great for boss damage and ad clears in a single encounter. With this change, we expect it to remain strong without being borderline usable as a primary weapon. So they have reduced the total reserve plus magazine ammo from 26 to 16 and reduced damage by 30% versus bosses and champions are not bosses. They, made a, they made a note of that. So I feel, again, I don't feel like this is a big deal um, because to me, I now have, like, even in GMs, I never felt, unless I was not responsible with my ammo, I never felt like I ran out of anarchy. 26 is a lot for that gun to have. I mean, by the end of the GM, we're like shooting it at each other, you know, like we're not, <laughs> it's not, we, we have ammo to spare by the end of it. So the fact that they're taking about 10 off the, the whole total ammo, uh, you're going to have to use it more tactically and less of a, uh, you know, kind of a preventative measure or panarchy, as we like to call it, when you panic and just shoot it out. Uh, and reducing <laughs> boss damage by 30%. Okay, fine. You didn't change the champions, so that's fine. So I can still hit a champion with it, and it'll do the same amount of damage it did before. So I'm okay with that. I, I don't mind that change at all. I'll be rocking Mask of Bacris, so that means it's going to be a 20% reduction. 
<laughs> I well, don't care. <laughs> well, okay. Says says the hunter. We'll mask it back, Chris. I'm just gonna reduce this damage. <laughs> I'm a warlock. I just float over all my problems. I don't need 26 shots in my anarchy. I only need 16, so I can just float over the enemy. <laughs> there you go. Um. So yeah, I don't. I don't think that's bad. This one I felt a little bit. I'm not 100% sure why this change got made, uh, but we'll have to just see how it plays. So the next one is for Xenophage. Uh, so Xenophage was already top-notch, so it didn't need to benefit from the global machine gun buff. Uh, it does benefit from the damage per bullet buff to machine guns, but now has a slower rate of fire to compensate, resulting in slightly lower damage per second, but higher burst damage and sustained damage since it's now more ammo efficient. So... The uh, rate of fire is reduced from 120 to 90 and receives less of the machine gun PVE damage buff. Again, I, I this one I, I don't really know. Um, we'll have to just sort of see how this plays out when the game, you know, when, when everything goes live tomorrow because I didn't really feel like it needed a reduction for rate of fire, but I'm wondering if the buff to machine guns is so much that they were like, mm, oh, no. to compensate. To okay, compensate, I get it. we may need to do this. Although there have also been rumors that Xenophage might be getting a catalyst. Um, so now I'm even more curious as to what the catalyst does. Uh, if if that is if that ends up being true. What would be good for a catalyst for Xenophage? Crit a crit? Uh yeah. Explosion. Full auto trigger. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh god. No, I mean expl uh like Firefly would be nice. Actually, that might not be bad. Although you'd have to be really precise with it. However, at a lower RPM, you have the ability to do that. I mean, I practically use it as a sniper when we run Vault of Glass anyway, so could be. It, it doesn't have like a champion mod thing, right? Mm -mm. Like a... No, it does not have an intrinsic champion uh, barrier mod. Would be nice. Would be... I would think like a like an armor anti barrier one would work for this gun. Ooh, all oh, like Skyburners with uh, Cabal. That would be good. Yeah, yeah, it might be nice. Yeah, so we'll have to see. Again, it's it, it's a it was a puzzling change. It, it left me shaking, you know, kind of scratching my head a little bit. But we'll have to see how it plays out when um when we get in there. Because with the with the other buffs coming, it may just have been too much to leave it alone. So we'll see. Uh oh, fighting lion. Uh, fighting lion has always been fun, but not dominant in PVE. So we weren't worried about the impact uh, infinite ammo would have there. However, enabling fast, unlimited grenade spamming was too much <laughs> in PvP based on internal playtests. So we've addressed that specific case without significantly impacting its feel in PvE. Uh, fighting Lion reserve ammo increased from a lot to infinite. That is literally the thing that Bungie wrote. <laughs> so <laughs> it's got it's got infinite reserve ammo. Uh, receives the same changes as other breach grenade launchers. So uh, reduction in the blast radius and things like that. Um, reduced base reload stat to zero. Breach grenade <laughs> launchers with zero reload stat reload very, very slow. They also put a note down at the bottom. You shouldn't be manually reloading fighting line anyway. <laughs> um, uh, so now increases reload speed to its previous level. 
on damaging multiple enemies with one grenade. Uh, we'll be keeping an eye on this, but believe it's in a good place with this change. And note that we're not going to over nerf an exotic with its own subreddit. I felt like this whole paragraph was just a giant meme, and it I, I had quite a chuckle about it <laughs> when I was reading it earlier. It has its own subreddit? I didn't know that, and I actually went and looked it up uh, after I read that and found that to be true. I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> Bunch of fighting lion stands over here. I just recently finished that catalyst, actually, uh, at Altars of Sorrow, so... Oh, it um, takes forever. It did. It took. It took a long time. Thankfully, I I had a, a mercifully empty server when I did it, so uh, it it didn't take as long as I wanted or as long as I thought. But it was it was pretty good. But yeah, it, interesting change there. This next one, uh, I thought was actually, excuse me, um, thought this was really good, and now I feel a little bit more salty about the fact that I don't have it. Uh, but oh. it's for Vex Mythoclast. <laughs> Um, so for those of you who don't know, uh, Vex Mythoclast is the raid-specific exotic to Vault of Glass. It is 100% RNG, so uh, yours truly does not have that yet. Uh, I know a handful of people that do. However, I am not on that uh, that prestigious <laughs> list. Oh, gee, Jimmy, I do you uh, tell me, do you have Vex Mythoclast? <laughs> but I don't have eyes. <laughs> oh, I'll trade you. <laughs> yeah. No, you uh -oh. can keep your eyes tomorrow. No, I don't want it. <laughs> Uh, so Vex Mythoclast is getting quite a bit of a buff across the board here. So um, Bungie noted they were cautious with tuning this at launch, knowing that shipping a dominant weapon has, uh, that has incredibly low ownership would break PvP, true, and aimed for balanced but erring on the side of not letting it ship too strong. However, it fell short of balanced. Ownership is much higher now, and we want it to be strong enough to be a desirable reward for Vault of Glass. So PVE damage bonus increased by approximately 40%. The range stat increased to be near best in class for high impact auto rifles. Uh, increased the stability stat, reworked the catalyst to grant stability and damage after a kill, increased rate of fire from 360 to 390, reduced linear fusion rifle mode charge time from 820 to 533. Same as standard linear fusion rifles, and you no longer lose the overcharge stacks on stow except with with in linear fusion rifle mode. So hot damn, that's a that's a nice little buff there. Wasn't the increased damage after kill part of the Destiny 1 version of this gun? Yes. Oh, thank thank goodness it's back. Whatever. <laughs> no, the on <laughs> <laughs> As I sip my beer, and so why does my beer taste salty? Oh, that's me. So, um, no, it I, honestly, this is nice because I know a lot of people who got it, and they were excited about getting it, but didn't feel like it warranted, you know, using frequently. So this is nice because I feel like this is gonna this all kind of ties in together with how primary weapons are getting a nice buff. They'll have unlimited ammo. All of this just it feels like a really nice change for this. I like. I like this kind of like how uh, with the rocket launcher buff, we saw more people using eyes of tomorrow. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to more people using Vex Mythoclast and I will cheer them on from afar going, Oh yeah, I'm so glad for you having this gun. Yay. While I go It'll run Vog for the 80th time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll finally be out of my uh, inventory. So yeah. that's good. <laughs> It'll be good. 
All right, Merciless. We had to touch this anyway because of the fusion rifle changes and figured if we're in there, we might as well make a buff we'd been thinking about. So updated the perk to account for fewer shots per burst, uh, should build up charge rate at the same amount per burst as before, and reduce the damage penalty for increasing charge rate by 40%. Okay, I, again, Merciless is not something I use, but I may try it now. Uh, the dreaded Jotun because of how the change uh, or I'm sorry because of how the charge time stat works with the fusion rifle changes we made a small change to avoid breaking this weapon <laughs> in playtesting it makes almost no difference but if I didn't mention it someone would notice that's 100% true reduce charge time uh, from 0.82 seconds to 0.78 seconds uh, so it charges 0.04 seconds faster and slightly reduce damage per shot again I have a feeling I'm still going to get absolutely beamed with it in pvp but that's okay uh but i but can't do it i can't <laughs> beam people with it like i just i'm just terrible with jotun you've got it it's very situational it's one of those things where it's very good on certain maps but on other maps it's just terrible like i end up firing it like a gatling gun like if in a small area like i can hit someone from across the map only if they're not paying attention if they're if they're watching and they move, then obviously I'm not going to hit them. But it depends. Yeah. Um, this one I liked because uh, I actually wanted to use this more, and I feel like I I didn't. So now I, I kind of feel like I want to. Um, Bastion feels very strong with shotguns being less dominant, so we're preemptively adjusting it in PvP. That uh, it's also super low usage in PVE, so we're buffing it there too. Reduced damage by 15%, so can now not quite kill a Guardian with one shot in the three-shot burst it fires. That's good, because that happened to me a lot. Uh, yes. <laughs> increased spread <laughs> angle by 10%, and increased PvE damage by 25%, so overall around a 10% increase in PvE. So I like that, because um, I remember getting Bastion. I remember going through the process of getting it, and then I remember being like, okay, it's going to go in my vault. Like I'd, I don't know when I would ever use it, so I like that that's getting a nice little boost as well it makes it seem like potentially a viable option for stuff uh the next one and i just finished this catalyst the other day as well uh sweet business <laughs> so that gun uh the perk of refilling the magazine when picking up primary ammo no longer works in a world without primary ammo <laughs> so it's been adjusted now refills magazine on picking up special slash heavy ammo instead of primary you know it's not going to stop me Actium war rig on my titan and my sweet business just running around killing everything <laughs> how how long until i run out of ammo let's find out um so that's a, that's another good one too <laughs> uh so let's see so perks uh firing line we liked the idea of the perk it was just giving away a bit too much damage for almost free uh so reduce the damage bonus by plus 20 percent precision damage for all supported weapon archetypes uh, was highly variable depending on the weapon type, will roll on some snipers, uh, linear fusions, and machine guns, and maybe some other stuff in the future. So I actually didn't, I 100% forgot they took this out. So it's nice that they're they're adding it back in uh, to maybe make some pretty nice rolls on some guns in the future. So it sounds like, because I had it on a few weapons on sniper rifles, because it was mostly for like boss DPS. Mm-hmm. Right, but I don't know if if reducing. Uh, well, I guess it didn't say from where from like what was it thirty percent before? I'm not sure, but 
hopefully it 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 comes on other stuff uh, other weapons and it looks like they are right mm-hmm. just don't know like which which type of weapons yeah exactly and and i'm wondering if maybe i mean snipers linear fusions and machine guns make sense i'm wondering if maybe um bows bows or scouts maybe could be something for the future for that one that'd be nice that makes sense yeah yeah so we'll see on that for sure um, certain damage perks only affected impact damage on explosive weapons. So we've updated these specific perks to also increase detonation damage, specifically kill clip, rampage, and adrenaline junkie. So that's good. I like that. Uh, we've also fixed incorrect rarity on some recently shipped weapon perks. They didn't note which weapon perks, uh, that had rarity issues. I didn't notice, but interesting, interesting change. So glad they fixed that. Um, so they've, they made some changes to VFX, so they're upgrading all of virtual effects for grenade launchers and rocket launchers, and now legendary fusion and linear fusion rifles, uh, they have distinct damage type charge VFX, so that's cool. And ultimately their note on this was, this didn't look as cool as we wanted it to, so now we're going to change it. And nice. Thanks, Bungie. I like that. Good deal. Okay, so... Uh, they close out part of this section with some discussion around the future. So in the near future, uh, Bungie is devoting a lot of energy to the Witch Queen expansion. There are a ton of things changing in a few weeks, so we want to see how things shake out before deciding on further tuning. We'll be watching Season 15 launch closely and are ready to make some small adjustments as needed in the first half of the season. The more distant future, but still before the Witch Queen, linear fusion rifles and caster frame swords are still not where we want them to be, so expect some tweaks. We are also looking at underused or underpowered exotics, and we'll be taking a pass at some of them, including Arbalest, Suros Regime, Cryostasia 77k, Malfessence, and more. If you have issues with spamming high-rate-of-fire semi-automatic weapons as fast as possible, we've got something in the works for you. That's, That's good. Yes, I like that. Uh, priming a target and quickly swip- swapping for a cleanup is easier than we'd like, and we're looking at options for building towards faster swap speeds. We've got a step at hitting both of these points coming. Witch Queen and beyond. We've talked previously about wanting legendary weapons to have more identity based on their source and expect to ship a new system for this in or close to the Witch Queen. In Season 15, we tweaked exotic primary weapons to generate ammo faster through Ammo Finder mods, and we have another change planned to make them more enticing in hard PvE content. And that is all they have in terms of weapon changes uh, coming up, so that's really nice. So now we get into the good stuff. There's new guns. New guns coming. Uh, old guns coming. New and old guns coming. Yes, exciting. So next season's uh, Ritual Quest weapon is a rocket launcher with the explosive light perk. Uh, as is the custom, you can then collect Gambit Crucible or Vanguard theme or and Vanguard theme weapon ornaments by upgrading your rank on the vendors. And there's a sweet little picture of it. Um, I I like it. I think it looks pretty sleek. So I'm excited about that for sure. Uh, we are adding these weapons, uh, or I'm sorry, we are adding three weapons as post-game rewards for completing Vanguard Strikes, Gambit, and Crucible matches. These will drop randomly after completing these activities with random rolls. So it looks like we've got, uh, it looks like another scout, a sidearm, and potentially a pulse rifle, which looks oddly like Last Perdition. Uh, so I'm 
Very curious to see what that is. It's another Suros weapon, so I like that a lot. That I think scout looks are. like the uh, from one of the recent seasons. Um, I don't. It I does look oddly a... familiar, doesn't it? It's a little. I couldn't quite place it either. Oh, it looks like Randy's. A yeah. little bit. Yeah. Oh, exciting. Uh, let's see. We also have plans to freshen up the loot pool of the Prophecy Dungeon. We've seen a lot of feedback to bring forward weapons, uh, weapon original reward from Trials of the Nine, and thought that adding these to the Nine-themed weapon, uh, Nine-themed dungeon was a great fit. These weapons have been upgraded with random rolls, and certain ones will drop from specific encounters of the Prophecy Dungeon. Can I tell you, these were some of my favorite weapons, and I'm so excited <laughs> to be getting these back. And I'm really also hoping that as a kind of side effect of them adding these weapons is that they tune the prophecy dungeon to not be so buggy because <laughs> that would be really oh, nice. Oh my god, yes. So I never got any of these weapons, so I'm excited that I finally get a chance to actually play with them. Absolutely. Oh, it's going to be so good. On top of all of these weapons, we are also updating the whirlpool with some fresh drops. And so they added a picture with all of the new uh, weapons that they're adding to the pool. One of them looks oddly like uh kvostov and i <laughs> if it is i might scream uh it's gonna be good but these all look really nice uh i i, I figured out what i thought it looked like it looks like royal chase Scott ah gotcha. gotcha 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 but gotcha. not really <laughs> yes yes and no uh so um What's left in this TWAB, and it, it's worth noting here because I know that uh, not just members of Gamer Loop Network, but I'm sure anybody who listens to the podcast, um, we feel very strongly about donating to charity. Uh, and so Bungie does a lot in terms of charity and overall relief efforts. So in this TWAB, they outline several different charities and, and efforts that they're working on right now. Um, so I highly, highly recommend uh, taking a look at all of these and and donating where and if you can because um, they they do really kind of target some really really important uh, relief efforts overall so it's definitely worth taking a look at those and then after that uh, it's really just the the art and the the timing of when the patch will go live tomorrow uh, as a reminder don't forget to claim your season 14 bungee rewards season 14 seasonal challenges your vanguard tokens your valor rewards infamy rewards any splicer servitor engrams um and anything in your season pass uh it is important to claim those before the season starts uh also as a reminder crossplay will go live early in uh the new season when players log in for the first time to play the new season the name on whatever platform they log in on will become their bungee name for when crossplay goes live and then there's a list of reminders uh, around what your bungee name could potentially look like. Uh, and just, of course, guidelines around, um, you know, code of conduct and things like that. So remember, first platform you log in on is what it's going to be. It's uh, going to be Neutron. It's going to be <laughs> Neutron. It's going to be exactly what it is for me across almost everything I play on. So <laughs> it's going to be excellent. It just won't have an underscore. So that's perfect. Also, I'd like to just point out, and I'm going to take a second to, to shout her out because it's worth it, uh, more than worth it here. For those of you who 
do not know. Um, Pink Chaos, who has been a member of several communities across Destiny, Division, etc., um, is a wonderful and talented artist. Uh, she's fantastic. She actually completed um, on Birch uh, with, uh, it basically looks like a Ouija board. It's the most amazing thing. Um, Eris Morn and just this incredible uh, Destiny 2 Shadowkeep portrait. It, it's, I, I can't really do it justice with words. I highly recommend going to view it. Um, the voice actress who, who does Eris Morn tweeted at her about this. <gasps> oh my God. And so she, and so Pink was featured uh, as Art of the Week. So again, shout out to Pink Chaos. Please go check out her art. She's wonderful. Uh, it's just, it's so, it's so nice to, when, when people that you know get featured with stuff like this and it's so well-deserved. So definitely go check that out. But that is going to be it for what we have for the TWABs. There's a lot of information. Again, as oh I mentioned, my gosh. it's thick. It's thick with three C's, y'all, but it's good. And it's happening a tomorrow. And there's more stuff tomorrow morning. You probably guys saw the announcements. Um, Sage and Verita will be partying in the community events section on the theater, the, well, theater, and they will be live streaming basically for our Discord. Their live reactions of of the uh, it's the gonna showcase. be a party. There is a pre-show. Um, I think noon, that is noon Eastern noon time. Eastern, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then an hour later, it is the main show. So um, more than likely, I think you guys will be in there, oh, rocking yeah. it. I will only, I'll probably be only able to join or watch it um, for the for the main showcase. Yeah. As I have a I have a, a big meeting tomorrow, but a big big meeting. It's gonna be huge. Huge. Uh, but I'm excited. Um, and we got a little teaser today. We did. We did. We got a little teaser. I'm very. I uh. I can't wait. I'm at the point now where I'm at like twitter blackout mode because i don't there have been unfortunately a lot of data leaks around this season and i do not want any spoilers i do not want to know i just want to be just hit in the face with it tomorrow and just be completely surprised so i but i the 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 trailer that they (laughs) the trailer that they released today they released it as I was joining into a meeting where I have to like participate and talk and I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, it worked out fine though. I watched it like five times. So it's perfect. So what does she say? What does Savathun say in, in the, uh, Oh, what does she say? Hold on. Now I've got to, now I'm going to pull it up. Something about time, I think. KB saying that it's that chaos is something special. Uh oh no, she's talking about pink. Oh, I think. Maybe, yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> hang on, I have it. I have it here now. She says, "Bungie, are you not going to give me subtitles here?"
says truth is a funny thing. So take with that what you will, and we will she, see what happens. She does look like a queen in that oh, video. Yeah. She does. She really does. That crown is majestic. Has anyone released like or made like the 4K? Not yet. I have a feeling we'll get it tomorrow. I'm sure we'll get yeah. it tomorrow. But I can't believe it's taken seven years to get here. And she's been... Was she... Was she mentioned in the first year? No. No. Mm, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. Because we didn't learn about Oryx until what? Uh, the season where we went down to the the to the fight. Um, the prince. Oh, I'm so bad at names today. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't know. I'll have to I definitely want to look that back up. I've been watching some Crota. more videos today. Oh, Crota, yes. True. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to leave us a rating or review on your preferred podcasting platform. We would like to hear uh, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to email us, ask questions, tell us what you liked or what can be improved. Do you have any suggestions on topics or game reviews? Just let us know. You can find additional episodes of Gaming Loop Radio on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Podbean. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We will see you guys next time. Roger, zero, J, 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 J.